0: And we can upload. What? Oh, recording in progress. Okay, so now we're alive. We'll come back to the Miles Ahead podcast, named by Josh.
1: Yeah, man. uh It's a. It's and now we
0: can put this on uh, YouTube if we want to because it's recorded. So, anyways, we we shall start. You were while we were pre-recording, you were going to ask me a question.
1: Yeah, man. um Well, you're you're you brought up that you're having some um, resurgence of anger and. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, my question to you is, and you're, you said this is a new experience for you. And, uh, Mm. my question to you is what, what does anger mean to you? What, like, what does it represent for you? Or do you have a relationship with it at all? Or is this your first rodeo? Uh, it's
0: probably my first real rodeo, I guess. Uh, I don't think I was really. I think I was afraid to when I was a kid, right? If I was uh, angry at my parents, they would leave me more than they had already left me. So I just would turn towards myself, like I was telling you before, angered turned inwards is depression, so it goes to saying. And so I've been working with that, my own therapy, blah, 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 about not doing that. And now it's pointed the right direction, but it's just coming out like a seven-year-old, which makes sense if it's been repressed since I was seven. So. It's coming out in weird outbursts that it you sort of feel beside yourself, or I feel beside myself with, and so that's that's, that's a new relationship. Like how to modulate it? What does it mean? What are, what's the need behind it? How to how to harness it?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, what's yeah? What's the need behind it? Well, um, that's uh that's that's a great question. Um, there's a book called The Angry Book. Um yeah. that I uh that I read when I was in therapy for the first time, and um it I, I used to I used to punch people in the face uh when I was really upset. It was not a good habit. It's one uh, way of dealing with it <laughs> uh I, yeah, the angry book um by Theodore Rubin. um, so my therapist made me read this book. And it talks about um, a little bit about how anger affects your body and and affects your mind. And Mm -hmm. then, basically, the author's premise was that the anger, your anger, is the level of dissatisfaction you have with the situation that you're in. And um, so he was the example was like, you know, you're you're at a restaurant, they bring you cold soup. Well, that's going to be like a level one or level two or level three, depending on how. Irritated you are that day, and you know, um, you know, having your house burned down in a fire, (laughs) it's the level of displeasure with that situation might be uh, a a lot more. It'd be pretty angry, um, you know. You know, maybe even in a scarring way. Mm -hmm. Hundred percent. But the the thing that fascinates me about um, anger and and the way that people respond to different situations is it's not so much about like the level. I mean, the level of trauma or impact matters of course, but it's also what those situations mean to the person, you know, and like, what does it represent? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you have a, you know, a relationship shortcoming or something falls through that you're really counting on, or you didn't hit a goal, what, what is that? A lot of times it's the attachment, you know, to what it says about us, mm-hmm. you know, what characteristic does it remind us of? that we that we don't like or want right yeah disappointment
0: fear of abandonment there's always a root yeah yeah this one in particular i was telling you about where i check my phone <laughs> and technology not working it's already a big trigger like top two biggest um triggers for anger for me technology failing bad drivers it just like such triggers for me and and bad drivers has gotten better because it's like, uh, you know, I go with the whole Ryan and Holiday stoic idea of like, you, so you're really expecting that there's not going to be a bad driver in front of you ever. Well, there's one in front of you right now, and it's just like, oh, look, there's a bad driver. Cool. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm I, I might be in a hurry, but it's not going. Like, I'm still I'm still moving, and you, you can sort of like step yourself back from the ledge of like just wanting to go nuts which doesn't do anything they have no idea they're just like driving around dumb and they have no idea uh and also that's a lot of shadow side stuff like if you have a reaction that's of an overreaction sometimes it's like why am i having a reaction that's bigger than should be and i dug into this one that was like oh this one's it's about incompetence incompetence really pisses me off why why do i hate oh i probably think i'm incompetent on some level and I don't want to feel it. So I'm discharging and projecting onto this other situation. So that was, that was a, a little bit of a insightful moment. So road rage is less, less bad technology. is still hard. Uh, Cause it has one job, just, just work. I, and I don't get how it works. I don't have an engineer brain. And I, if I look at code, I just want to fall asleep. So if I, if I think if I understood it more, it would piss me off less. Oh, it's because the flux capacitor is not working. That's why. And then I'd. I get it, but since I don't get it, I'm like, you are built to just work. Why don't you just work? And then I get like mad in an object and throw it across the room. So, um yeah, that's another one. Those two are big, my biggest triggers. So, yeah, the anger is like, it's going out. and so it's like, whoa, this is weird. <laughs> it's really weird. um And I was telling you before we recorded, I just, i after that incident, I was like, I need to, okay, I need to dig in this more therapy twice a month at an hour and a half is good. It's just not enough, not fast enough. And I have a a female therapist, which is great, but like, I might need to go with with some dudes. Like there's something different about anger with dudes, you know, like that, you know, it's a generalization, but I think there's something to it. And so I signed up for Connor Beaton's Men Retreat. You know, the guy that wrote, um, what's his podcast, Men's Work, or that's the book, I can't remember. But he has a a retreat. So I'm going next month and I'll fill everybody in on how that went when I get back, if I survive it. Uh, and it's like I, I got to do something. This this is not good. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And and then you know you wanted to start recording as I got that out. So here we are.
1: Yeah, man. That's good. In, in vivo. Well, um, it there's a lot of good things that you're doing with this process. Like number one is you're um, you're getting curious. Um, you're getting fascinated, not frustrated. Right. So if something's coming up for you, you're leaning into it and not trying, in a, not in a judgmental way, um, mm-hmm. a way of investigating. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's go deeper with this, which is the right, which is the right response. You know, if you, if you're, if like for me, it's if I'm, if I like try to avoid or numb out or pour a glass of wine, like that's the wrong answer. And right. if I sit with it, there's, there's always something good at the end of that road. Yeah. Something talks back. If you go back to the internal family
0: systems theory, like things do respond back to you, whether it's a sensation or words sometimes, which is really kind of psychedelic. But yeah, we have the tendency to want to just make it go away. I get that. Yeah. Because the bad thing about substances is they work for a hot second (laughs) because your parts get drunk too, but then they come back with a vengeance later.
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, and, um, my understanding of the parts work or the family dynamics is like um, asking asking the question like what does um, like what's what do you need? like what are the, what are the needs that are coming up with the conversations mm-hmm. like what's the message for like mm-hmm. I'm angry. Um, what is like what's the underlying need um right. sort of the sitting in the question. And seeing what comes up. Is that right? Is that the technique? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, you don't manufacture it because if, you, if you're if you manufacturing it, it's coming from like what's called like a self like part, like not your highest self. Like one, right? Pretty close there. Probably your highest provisional ego self that's making things move. It knows the right answer. Oh, well, you should say this. If that's happening, it's not really the self. I mean, not really part of the other parts getting a chance to speak. So if you sit there and don't, you don't manufacture. Something that speaks to you—that's that's a different story. And a lot of meditations that he has, um, they're greater than some of our parts. Audio series is really good for that. He has a lot of good meditations with the theory. You know, having you, you do these um, guided meditations where you imagine things or take an experience and think about things, and it really peaks um, these parts' interests. Sometimes you know, it takes a while you, you, to access self-energy. I think it really helps to be. Tap meditative practice. If you can sit and watch and notice your thinking and come back to the breath, then you can notice parts. Because when you notice that you're thinking, those are probably parts talking, doing something. And so it creates more access to self energy, which just gives more space. So the theory goes, and he has these meditations that you do will help you understand what I'm talking about more. Probably just lost about 20,000 people listening, like, what are you even talking about? But uh, it's it's a great theory. I keep bringing it up in every podcast. IFS, IFS. It's not the be all end all, but it's really interesting. It's not. Uh, it's really steeped steeped in like sort of the insight therapy, depth psychology sort of range, and less so the behavioral CBT uh, range. Although you're thinking about thoughts and behaviors, but you're also going where do these come from? You know, not just the topical part.
1: Do you have like an example you can share with us or an exercise you can take us through?
0: I don't have an exercise because I'm not, I'm not fully trained in it yet. I'm on the wait list. He has like a, and he's apologized for it. It's like, so it's exploding. It's like thousands upon tens of thousands person wait list to get trained. But my therapist does it. So I'm kind of learning by proxy and I've read all the books and listened to the audio series. So I don't want to go into it too much without being able to explain explain it thoroughly because I think I might just confuse the listener more. But if you check out introduction to the internal family systems models book, the no bad parts book and get greater than the sum of our parts audio series, you can get that on audible or sounds true.com do those. And then there's even a workbook you can get, I think a couple of people have written workbooks after you've done all the reading and the listening, you can do that. And what did it for me? I, was, I read the books and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then I, I, maybe I mentioned this in early podcasts, I can't remember, but I was doing the meditations part of the audio part and one of one of the meditations visualizations, I just completely burst into tears. I got to some old shit, an old part that was just neglected, abandoned. I don't know if what he, it's what he calls an exile or if it was just a part that was doing a lot of work, but it had some gnarly imagery with it and it was just hurt. And I just spontaneously burst into tears and was like, whoa, this this works this this is doing something and then I got really really interested and, and have been sort of inhaling it since since then so yeah well so yes I, I can't sorry I, I, I want to but I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to confuse people with more than I already probably am but if you look at those resources and or find a therapist who's trained in it you'll be off to the races it's it's very helpful especially with PTSD. Um, but with anything, it's we all have wounded parts, failed parts. It's it's a great theory.
1: Well, uh, I'm a big fan of um, learning by doing, and that's uh, I mean, experiencing you know the effect of what you're trying to go for is much better than um, trying to read read books about things that should be valuable, but you haven't felt the you know yeah, yeah totally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so. Um, I'm looking through my notes on, uh, topics that we were looking at and, um, this is a good, we we're just talking about numbing and coping. So, um, one of the things that we, I wanted to cover with you is your thoughts on, uh, dependency addictions, numbing and coping. And we were just talking about mm-hmm. anger and mm-hmm. work and, um, uh, how easy it is to avoid doing the work and a, avoid uh um confronting you know different uh, aspects of ourselves and um i have you know i've got some limited experience with this um you know that i'm beginning to do but mostly um curious about what your experience with these are and we can go back and forth Sure.
0: so uh, uh let's flesh this out for listener we're, we're talking about ways that we cope with Painful emotions, scenarios, um situations that we're talking about, and then using something to numb it out or the behavior to numb it out.
1: Well, so yeah, you know, so like um yeah, you're right. Let's zoom out a little bit. Um when um if you think about the like our core trauma or you know, like the the fundamental, you know, um, I, I'm saying, you know, a lot. I'm trying to get into it, into an idea that is felt more than I express it verbally. But it's like, you know, we have core pieces of um, challenge and trauma in our lives. And we develop these adaptive strategies or sometimes maladaptive, these coping mechanisms, right? That become our personality. And uh, there's, there's, you know, ad- adaptive for the situation, there's maladaptive for the situation. So I'll give you like two of mine. So, um, you know, being enmeshed and being like codependent early on, I learned how to, um, be sensitive to other people's emotions, family, friends, things like that. Um, but I was unable to, because I was unable to express any of my own or a lot of my, um, personal negative emotions or positive for that matter. Um, any needs. Yeah. Right. Any needs. I. <laughs> uh, I back to the the anger and the fighting thing. Instead of being able to like draw lines and set boundaries and tell people what I wasn't up for, that they would just be stepping all over me until I would punch them in the face, and they would get they wouldn't get any warning about. Gotcha. Like, hey, this isn't like I don't feel good about this. Hey, you're annoying me. Hey, you're hurting my feelings. It was just like nothing, 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 nothing. Boom, bam. So you get backed into a corner, and you're like, "Okay, motherfuckers, you, you're gonna get punched in the nose now." <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you didn't have to back me up that far. I was a fragile. Yeah, I was a <laughs> fragile kid, um, <laughs> young man for sure. But mm. the, um, I, I, on the one hand, there's moments where our coping strategies are adaptive, and there's moments where they're maladaptive. And I feel like numbing and avoidance those become our addictions, right? So. Um, being, being empathetic and, and being able to connect with people emotionally is an asset. And then if you overdo it, you're, you know, I, I'll use the I language for this one. Um, if I overdo that, I become codependent and I take responsibility and I, I, uh, you know, have porous boundaries and overshare some things. Um, or
0: fall on your own sword.
1: Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are, those are like, you know, some. Um, problem solving some adaptive strategies and then mind numbing and avoidant would be not saying anything getting very angry um you know lighting people up physically or verbally and you know if if gone too far and then you know also i would start drinking at an early age which doesn't really help anything uh but man does it (laughs) should not brain development
0: (laughs) 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 you can recover but yeah it's definitely going do some things. Yeah.
1: So, so those are like, you know, adaptive, maladaptive, numbing and avoidant, right? For different, those are all three different ways to adapt or solve or deal with the situation. And, um, that's how I think about it, but how do you frame up these different, um, these different methodologies or, 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 or paths to manage difficult situations, difficult emotions? Well, more recently, back to
0: IFS again, I'm sort of beating this horse to death, but they call those the firefighters, the parts that when your your nervous system's stressed out, stuff's hard, or your critic parts are beating you up, tells you, let's okay, we're, we need to calm down. This is too much. We're stressed out. We're going, let's just go over here. And it's usually, oh, Xbox, four hours gone. Oh, six pack of beer, six hours gone. Uh, opiates sweet <laughs> three days gone whatever it is you know it, they just lead you away from feeling the pain maybe help calm yourself down and because when we were little guys and to your experience um you probably uh, didn't get a chance to learn how to self soothe so uh we're, since no one taught us how to do that uh, we learned to do it through those means does that make sense
1: yeah 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 um, mm. that's right. um so these these sort of ready these readily available ways to cope with emotions take the place looks of'
0: like I think we're have a bad connection all of a sudden. You're frozen.
1: no, you're frozen so there. And we're back. Are you there? Yeah, that was so fast. Yeah.
0: We'll have to figure out how to edit that one up. Anyways, I don't know where we so the Well, I lost you.
1: Um how's my connection now? Is it good?
0: Yeah, I can Your your audio's good, but your um the face is a little choppy, but now now it seems to be back. <laughs> It's a problem with the Zoom or, or the internet without plugging directly into the Ethernet. All stuff you learn on the podcasting journey. They look at that.
1: <laughs> so so the, the the topic that we were talking about was um all of these numbing and coping strategies are in are used in lieu of being able to soothe or self soothe ourselves. Which Yes. What is it? What does self-soothing look like when you're a healthy six year old or sixteen year old or thirty-six year old? So
0: it's luckily if you're if you have healthy parents, they see you're upset. They sort of get down on your level. They give you a physical touch and they go, oh, "You're you're really mad at me because you you couldn't have the candy bar, huh? Or you're you're really upset because you lost a soccer game, or or hey, do you have do you know your do you even know what's going on? And kids usually don't because they just have these big feels and they don't know what they're called and what they just feel them in they they're expressing them and they don't know how to calm down yet. They don't have the neural circ- circuitry yet to do that. So we, we, they, we borrow our parents' nervous systems to learn how to do that. And when the parents go, you are angry and you go, you pair, Oh, that sensation here in my chest is called this singled anger. They, we start to learn what that is and how to calm down. You know, physical touch helps us really calm down. To get a hug, helps us calm down, you know, or, or breathing things like that. So we, we, when we cry, we do, uh, you know, in and in a long exhale, in, like two in's long, so it's, it's the parasympathetic, parasympathetic side that Huberman talks about. It's the same way that we sort of calm ourselves. But if nobody comes and nobody helps us to do that, we think, oh, my needs must be so big, it must be my fault that these humans aren't coming because if humans, these adults are gods to me, gods are infallible, then I must be fallible, must be my fault. And we don't really learn how to self soothe, so we start. We do codependent behaviors. Oh, I'll just please and appease these guys, and then they then they they give me attention, or I don't state that need. And hey, there's no risk ever again, or I express it in, in anger. I break the throw things. You know, we we it's got to go somewhere. So if we get a parent that helps us learn how to self soothe, that's huge. Is what they're supposed to do. So when we're adults, we have to learn how to now do it with ourselves uh with a skilled therapist even with our partners not that it's their job but if like if you have anger problems and you you know prophylactically tell your spouse hey if you see i'm angry just come put put your hand on my chest and rub it or just rub my shoulders that that it works the physical touches like that really helps us like calm the, the f down as long as it's not like in a domestic violence scenario you probably want to get out of that one but if it's generally the small anger then it really does help so um you know, self-soothing's big breathing, exercise is a good one. But learning how to calm your nervous system without trying to use a substance or a codependent behavior where you expect your significant brothers to, to do your that for you. You know. Oh, now you're my parent. You're gonna come and take care of my feelings. Cool. <laughs> that doesn't usually end well.
1: Yeah. Um wow. That's um It's what a funny, what a funny thing to learn at, you know, 40. Um, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't think I respond well to being sued. I have a very um, grounded, um, very uh, Taurus girlfriend who is really, really, very patient and very loving and very consistent. And she, when she sees I'm upset, she tries to, um, you know, say nice things to me and Mm -hmm. um, I don't really respond well to that um what happens uh oh i um i'm irritated i feel like i'm someone's trying to convince me not to not to be upset
0: your feelings aha
1: right 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 that would fit your upbringing that's not allowed here son that's right that's right um and also but it also like on the flip side if she just gives me a hug i'm good you know interesting right
0: that's what i'm talking about yeah so that's a good start for you. The words can come later, but let her just do the physical touch. That's really what when you see a kid upset, what's your first instinct to go give him a hug and pick him up, right? That makes sense. Yeah. And that and then you you get that. And now you're working on a sort of like preteen teenage level where it's like the, the the talking about it part comes in. Yeah. So you're getting there. Yeah, that's good that she can do that. Um, but then again, we have to not hope that they're gonna be like be our parents in a way. That's a tricky one because we need our spouses to do that, but not to the extent where we're not still working on it and learning how to do it on our own. It's supporting versus caretaking. If you lose yourself in that move, you're caretaking. If you're you're still there and you're supporting, and the other person's doing their work, then you're right
1: and you're in the sweet spot. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I'm I'm very. I think I'm I'm personally quite aware of the difference between caretaking and um, being in a support role, and I think my my girlfriend is as well. I think um, I think the the skill is um, announcing like what you're feeling before you throw your phone through a window and yeah <laughs> <laughs> I am angry
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> phone you suck <laughs> uh what's the fight club thing I am I am uh I am Dave's appendix or whatever I am Josh's burning rage yeah something to that yeah there's some. there's definitely something to that um so It it looks like the theme of a lot of my my problems could have been solved with some self-awareness and ability to, Mm -hmm. because if you could say out loud, I'm hurt and I'm angry, but man, the damage is done so early in life, like so early by the time, I think by the time I was 14, like I had my emotions and my uh, perspective uh, invalidated so many times that I couldn't. Right. Not only could I not validate my own emotions or or acknowledge my own emotions and needs, I would invalidate other people's because I was like, "Oh yeah, like you don't." That's what we do. You don't know that no one cares about you.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: you're doing this wrong, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's well. That's the template you're given. You're just trying to help people. You're just trying to put your experience
1: on theirs. We do that. That's normal. Trying to fit in. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really um. Wow. Wow. Just fucked up people making other people fucked up. Samsara
0: is the Buddha saying goes, suffering. <laughs> That's part of the learning.
1: Well, um uh yeah, man. So uh if you had advice to your 16-year-old self about how to self-soothe and how to um cope with the situation that's what that's just a couple of years ago for you what uh um, oh yeah what would you tell what would you tell young miles it's a good question
0: if i could come and be the actual parents that i needed kind of like that yeah. uh i'd give hugs i'd reflect back like like oh you're you look you look pretty Upset, you look pretty angry, you look pretty despondent, you know, you're sad, even though you just broke up your girlfriend, whatever it is, like uh, validate the feelings and thoughts that you're having, just like you didn't get, like that those feelings and thoughts were uh, valid, you got them invalidated. Not that they're accurate, but like you're feeling them, and yes, you're not a crazy person, they're coming out of your body and mind. Yes, that's normal, that's human. Um, Otherwise, we think something must be wrong with us. I would do something like so that effect uh I'd sit in process we'd sit and talk about it like what's like like kind of like we're doing right now you know my my parents didn't do any of that either I just got ignored or like like figure it out or here's a 10- point plan and go execute and tell me how it goes like <laughs> I don't know how to do steps three and eight like they you know, no one's explained those parts in life to me yet <laughs> so uh I, yeah so just sort of befriend yourself be a, be the big brother or adult that i never had physical touch hugs uh go on walks i don't know go seek out people that are more healthy things like that um, that would have helped. it's hard it's hard it's hard to 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 go do that but you can do visualizations where you do do that you know you go back and like see your seven-year-old self alone in the house where all the trauma happened and you go and you go let's get the fuck out of here man and you, you pick him up and you imagine yourself walking out of the house you put him in your car and you drive him to your new house and you go look dude we made it check this out look how far we gotten like things are okay now all that stuff is it's gone like we can we can move on we can heal from it that's sort of like a self-parenting move or self self-rescuing move to, to realize that it, it we, as kids, we just want our parents to say, it, it's everything's going to be okay, right? But just that line right there is so huge for kids. It's it's going to be all right. I know you're going through a lot, but in the end, it's going to be all right. You don't get told that. You never think it's going to be all right. And you're always in a fight or flight, panic, or freeze or fawn mode. So some sort of visualizing yourself, rescuing yourself uh, can be very helpful. Sometimes you can, it can move you to tears doing that because there are parts of you that are just still like that, still stuck hurting and frozen.
1: So um I'll give you an example that I um it was the first time I ever had meaningful therapy. And you'll you'll mm-hmm. probably know the name of these exercises, but um I was um I think it was 28, 26, something like that. I was I was like a junior in college and um I uh w- was in a therapy session with uh, um Dr. Aziz Ghazapura. Who wasn't him shout out? Shout out. Had hadn't completed his <laughs> uh doctorate yet. So he was interning. A B D. He was doing a residency in at Portland State University. Oh, postdoctor. And um he uh he took me through this exercise where I went back in time to a very painful memory. I was like six years old. I think it was in pre, yeah. I was in kindergarten or pre K. And um my dad, so he was very strung out at the time. He was addicted to drugs. He kicked in the door to our house and beat up my mom. And uh and he did it. Oh, he up. did it on Father's Day. Um, so it's always been a very special wow. day for me. Uh Whew. that'll leave a mark. <laughs> Damn. But we um in this therapy session, I uh I went to the memory and I was, but I was my adult self. And mm-hmm. I grabbed me, I grabbed younger me, and said, "Hey, these people are are sick. These people are are going through their own struggle. This isn't about you, and everything is going to be okay." And like kind of like what you said, and um, it, you know, things will be all right uh, in the end. And we didn't, I didn't alter the memory really. I mean, I was just there for that. And had that exchange sure. with my younger self. I think I cried for about twenty minutes, and uh, not bad. Um, but it it's it's very impactful.
0: You can still feel it. Oh, you can still feel it. Yeah, of course. Yep.
1: Could probably do that mm-hmm. exercise a few more times. Yeah, it's worth repeating. Yeah. Um, I think that Aziz called it a gestalt um uh, activity, but um, I'm sure there's another name for it. Um. But uh, that's work. That's what. I think that's where it comes from. The, uh, but the that drill and and drills like it going back to a painful um, memory with the wisdom and the presence of somebody who, you know, has a lot more skills and is grounded in their in their sense of self. Mm. It does it does have a, um, a an impact on that emotional event. Yeah, you are borrowing
0: his nervous system. He helped you hold space and access to yourself. That's what you do in IFS, same kind of thing. Someone sitting with you that's sort of the adult that never was there. helps guide you back through that. That's the great thing about therapy. Like you have someone there that can hold space like that and it feels safer to go do that, that, I mean, it's huge.
1: That's right. And a lot of these activities, the meditations and the, um, the work, I I can do some of them on my own, but some of them, I don't have the horsepower to sit uh, mm-hmm. and be with, um, all of that anger or the pain or, you know, whatever is coming up that, uh, yeah. that makes it, that makes it so intense. But for the listeners, that's an activity you can do is. Think of a uh, painful memory, go back in time and be with yourself there and give yourself and soothe and use all the strategies that we've been talking about today. And well, you'll be amazed at the impact that it has on you. And um, that's a that's an exercise. That's a meditation that always yields some fruit. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I and mean, sometimes you can get overwhelmed. You do need someone else to be there with you to do that, but you can do it on your own too. And sometimes we have to do it on our own. And sometimes we need a
1: person. Yeah, it's hard to know, but well, they are good. Yeah, I mean, if you can't do it on your own, don't don't waste time. And that's something that's a valuable. That's a valuable piece. Right. Yes. Um. But uh, yeah, and the 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 side effects of that, I think, to carry forward and to th- the f- to thread all these things together, is that the more uh, your the greater your ability to soothe and but the greater my ability to soothe and cope the tamps down on the demand this is why fitness is so important to me it's like the when you're eating well and sleeping well and extras and training and like your your nervous system is developing and its energy is leveraged the right way and you're you've got all this positive energy for yourself the demand for coping strategies goes down a little bit like it's easier to break the cycle of addiction or uh, curb like relentless cravings. If you're somebody who really you know craves alcohol or craves sugar or craves sex or craves whatever the thing is to become addicted to, um, the more these drills and these ac- uh, actions that you take, the less. And for me, the less demand I experience for coping mechanisms mm-hmm. and, and uh, numbing strategies. And that and that ultimately is what. Empower gives you your time and energy back and your power back and allows you to be the person that you want to be mm-hmm. yeah super helpful that's
0: needed absolutely
1: well uh i like that i think this is a good standalone on on um coping a little bit of anger from uh from dr miles i like it
0: <laughs> yeah that's uh it's an interesting one Never, never really was allowed to show it as a kid, so it I
1: mean, doesn't doesn't just go away; it stays there. No, man, no, it doesn't. Well, um, yeah, we got to think of a, we got to think of a cool way to end these.
0: Uh, maybe steps people can take, quick takeaways. Although well, you kind of just did that. Exercise, we got sleep, uh, uh, train. Yeah. You know, so lift weights yes. and
1: run. Uh, yes. Do a self-soothing mechanism or a, a drill like you know Gestalt activity like I just described mm-hmm. from the work for me, or mm-hmm. do uh, a meditation. There's many different mindfulness drills around getting into your own body and and um, sitting with and asking mm-hmm. questions of mm-hmm. uh, the the emotions that are coming up and and get, getting curious mm-hmm. about the messengers, and then mm-hmm. Miles will tell us about his uh, e- exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, adventure going to a men's retreat. Yeah, Connor Beaton's.
0: Yeah, and if you can't do these things on your own, find a good coach or therapist. Um, But books and podcasts are always good. Practice meditation, it really does help. Um, I like the Waking Up app, but Headspace is good too. And I found another one that has um, little CBT clips, little breathing clips, meditation clips, the Aura app, A-U-R-A. Um, that's that's pretty helpful. It's even got calming music. But sitting alone and just going within is is a good start. Like, because that's kind of like what we avoid doing half the time. With the the coping mechanisms is going without, like getting getting away from the what's going on inside. It. But if you go in and know it, you don't want to. But if you go inwards, that's that's where the healing begins. It's also where it kind of sucks for a while. But the only way is through. Yeah so the cliche goes
1: yeah that's right um alex ramosi has this really great um quote he talks about stop he used to drink a lot um and and he's been vocal about this it's not like an inside knowledge thing he's you know got a ui and was really struggling and he stopped drinking he said everything in your life gets louder when you take away your coping you know mechanism all of a sudden there's no escape from all the things that are bothering you and that's good Mm -hmm. that's not bad that's good. Because then you can actually start to untie those knots. Yep,
0: it, it it's a little freaky at first, but yeah, that's that's the inroad. <laughs> get sometimes it feels like it gets worse before it gets better because you're actually paying attention.
1: Now. That's right. Well, just just bravery, courage. Hell yeah! So get some, get some bravery. Get some, do it. Get to the next level, and then you can confront the next devil. I love it. All right. Uh, All right. Good work, everybody.
0: Keep it up. Until the next.